Welcome. You're listening to Uncommon Sense, and I'm Doug Morgan. Do you have the right to be wrong? I was reading a blog by Steve Pavelina. Uh, it actually goes back to 2005. And it says, Do you have the right to be wrong? Was a common expression of an old high school history teacher of mine. Some students hated this teacher because they thought he was lazy and a bit sadistic. <laughs> uh, he never lectured, nor did he ever even seem to have a lesson plan prepared. He'd just sit back in his chair, sometimes putting his feet up on his desk, and then he'd ask probing questions and insult whoever attempted to answer them, usually for their lack of individual thought. Despite his lack of popularity, this teacher had the stated goal of teaching students to think for themselves instead of merely regurgitating information that we learned elsewhere. This is tough to do with 17-year-olds, especially with a subject like U.S. history, he writes. <laughs> I thought the expression, you have the right to be wrong, while usually meant as a, as a joke in his class, was good advice. It's not in the Bill of Rights, but perhaps it can be considered a human right. You have the right to be wrong. You have the right to make mistakes. You have the right to fail, he says. And I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, again, we, we need to be able to think for ourselves, not just simply regurgitate what we've heard. That's hopefully what we're doing here with this podcast is we're helping uh, everyone, including myself, understand what we believe and why we believe it. And so many people, they know what they believe, but they just simply don't understand anything to back up what they believe. And so it's just simply a regurgitation of what they've heard. Um, I, I read a National Review article, uh, Jonah Goldberg, back uh, actually about three years ago, well, four years ago now. This is back in September of 2017. People are growing intolerant of any dissent from their idea of what everyone should believe. Agree with me, and you're one of the good guys. Disagree with me, and you're not just wrong. You're an enemy, a heretic, a traitor, a bigot. Opportunists recognize that exacerbating this polarization redounds to their own benefit because at least for now, doing so helps raise money, ratings, clicks, and poll numbers. We are a long way off from putting beliefs of the mind to the judgment of the sword, but that is the logical destination of the path we are on because we have lost faith in the unity of upholding the right to be wrong. And this is, again, you have to understand, when he wrote that four years ago or whatever, and and yet still, it is very, very much true today. And and what's interesting is, I love it when I put together some, some notes for the podcast, and then somebody like AOC comes out and completely justifies everything that, that I'm saying. And I wanted to to read you this. Uh, this is an article uh, that came out in the Daily Mail uh, just from yesterday, actually. Keith Griffith uh, actually wrote this, and he says, uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or we'll call her AOC for short here, has been accused of proposing a ministry of truth following her suggestion that a government commission needs to, quote, rein in the press in order to stop misinformation. 
The New York Democrat made the remarks in an Instagram live stream on Tuesday, saying her colleagues in Congress were discussing how we rein in our media environment so that you can't just spew dis disinformation and misinformation. Now, I'm going to stop here for a second. The me when she says media environment, what she's talking about is she's talking about sources other than the mainstream media, because obviously the mainstream media, for the most part, is on her side, and she is going to agree with them. But but there there's a lot of different mainstream media now than there ever used to be. I know you know growing up, I'm old enough to know that uh, that yeah, <laughs> there was a time when you really had three television networks and the radio uh, is was basically your source of information and news. That is not the case anymore. And, and, and obviously this podcast is just one example of that. Um, but she's wanting to rein this in. And the, the article goes on and says, the comment drew furious backlash from free speech advocates and conservative critics who accused the self-avowed democratic socialist of hatching a dystopian plan to establish government control over news outlets and outlets and journalists. Ocasio-Cortez comments came toward the end of an hour-long video address to more than 100,000 of her followers. She was responding to a question from a follower about whether Democrats are planning a federal truth and reconciliation or media literacy initiatives to help with healing as their party takes control of the White House and Congress. And this is what she said. I can say there is absolutely a commission being discussed, but it seems to be more investigatory in style rather than truth and reconciliation. Uh, she said, so I think that's an interesting concept for us to explore. Quote, and I do think that several members of Congress in some of my discussions have brought up media literacy because that is a part of what happened here, and we're going to have to figure out how to rein in our media environment so that you can't just spew disinformation and misinformation, she said. Now, <laughs> the, the American press is specifically protected from government intervention or control from the U.S. Constitution. And critics included Concha... Uh, quickly raised questions about how government fact-checkers could polarize the role and politicize the role. Uh, how, how does Miss uh, Ocasio-Cortez define truth exactly? She was asked in a 60 Minutes interview that was a, a couple of years ago after she was fact-checked on some very dubious claims about uh, those particular claims. She said, quote, People want to really blow up one figure here, or word there, or would argue that they are missing. Uh, I would I would argue that they're, that they're missing the forest for the trees. She said, "I think there's a lot of people more concerned about being precise, factually, and uh, semantically correct than being morally right." <laughs> um, you know. Here is someone who just doesn't understand what the Constitution has to say and what our rights are there for. Um, and, and to say things like this, where 
where she has this agenda and she wants to be she wants to be right in her own mind but it doesn't matter if she's factually right it doesn't matter if she's uh, semantically right or precise she just wants to be right in how she thinks about things uh, the article goes on and says oh so it's not about being factually correct it's what she sees as being right and wrong from a moral perspective. See, this is what he's talking about here in the article. Uh, quote, let's say I want to argue against defunding the police or adding two states, which therefore would add four Democratic senators. Does that make me morally wrong? And therefore, do I have to testify before a committee? Am I pulled off the air, he says? That's the thing when you have a um, democratically controlled Washington, Congress, you know, Senate, White House, this sort of thing in terms of government regulating speech, that sh- this should stay in China uh, or it should stay in North Korea or I don't know. He says 1984, he continues. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, another guy, David uh, Hernandezi, uh, he's a columnist for the uh, New York Post. Uh, he, he chimed in here um, and he said, he, Uh, compared the proposal to the plot uh, of 1984 as well, George Orwell's famous novel uh, about the totalitarian uh, totalitarian, uh, socialist government uh, that controls all news and entertainment through the Ministry of Truth. He says, quote, It's just creepy, not to mention wholly un-American, for an elected official to advocate that the state, uh, as adjudicators of of, uh, veracity of our our political speech, he says, uh, perhaps in the political systems uh, favored by AOC citizens uh, are in, impelled to look at government for uh, ultimate truth. But that's not the case in the United States, or at least not yet, he says. And so, you know, what he's saying here is that uh, we, when you start to set up a committee or you start to set up a commission, uh, particularly government controlled, I mean, then, the, and they're the ones that are supposed to dispense truth, or at least monitor truth, uh, monitor those that are dispensing the news, you're going to run into all kinds of, of issues, because who are they to, to say what truth is? Uh, he goes on, he says here, uh, here the Constitution reigns in Congress from intruding on the speech of citizens, journalists, and, and any private institutions, not the other way around, he wrote. Uh, he explained that the type of truth and reconciliation committee that AOC's followers mentioned uh, here was uh, most famously used in South Africa, believe it or not, after the fall of apartheid. The uh, insinuation by those who use this phrase is that 74 million Americans who voted for the Republican presidential candidate are racist thugs in need for similar programs. His opinion says that that it's a disgusting smear and speaks to the dangerous and illiberal incarnation of progressiveness. Um, Writing in the uh, libertarian magazine Reason, uh, Bobby uh, Soaf, I believe is how you pronounce his name, also criticized AOC's remarks. And he says, it's true that both traditional media and social media sometimes spread disinformation and misinformation. But the federal government has no formal role to play in suppressing 
it's spread, he writes, which he's, he's entirely correct here. The government does not and should not play any role in determining what is disinformation and what is misinformation. He writes, if the government could ban disinformation after all, it could use that as a cover for banning speech that is not actually false, but merely critical of the government or the specific politicians. Recall that Democrats swiftly denounced the New York Post's report of of, uh, Hunter Biden's foreign connections and disinformation, even though many underlying aspects of the story have since been confirmed. You see, he's right again. When the story came out about Hunter Biden and his emails and his laptop, uh, this was right before the election, if you recall, and many, many, many of the news outlets, the mainstream media, they all just said, hey, this is disinformation, this is misinformation, I can't believe that that uh, you, uh, Fox News or whoever was, was spouting this, and, and wow, you know, right before the election, this is a smear campaign, an 11th hour tactic, all this kind of stuff, and yet, we know right now, we know that, that what uh, was being reported at the time was correct, that that the Bidens are on the take. We do know that they are they received money from the Chinese government. We know that they have received uh, that that they have set up a pay for play type of scenario where uh, they're selling their influence. And so these emails were correct, and yet at the time were tried. They they they, they weren't covered in, ma- in many of the outlets. And, and others, they just said, you know what, it's a disinformation or misinformation type of campaign. Um, he goes on here and he says, it's uh, critical that the law not be changed. The media must be free to vigorously criticize the president, Congress, or any other aspect of government, even if the reporting is sometimes wrong or off base. Fox News contributor Tammy Bruce uh, also blasted AOC's suggestion of a government commission to control the press. Uh, She said it also exposes, doesn't it, the idea of the power that they think they have, that this is now what their job is. You see, they're down at their uh, little desks looking at what it is they can do to control uh, conversations in the United States. Considering what we've been through the imperative of transparency. We need more conversations, she says. It also presumes that the American people are babies, that they need to be controlled by the government, she added. And, and again, I, I, would, I would wholeheartedly support what she's saying here. The, the, the thought here is that you can't think for yourself and you can't understand what is what is right and what is wrong. You cannot decipher truth. That you're just simply, like that teacher was trying to illustrate in his class, you're simply just regurgitating what you've heard and you don't understand why you understand certain things. Twitter, it goes on here to say, uh, Twitter users also had uh, a go at AOC's comments. And, and here's some of the ones that, uh, that they've written. It says, uh, implied in these calls to rein in our media environment is one of the, is that the one making the calls has cornered the market on truth. 
and everyone with whom she disagrees is, quote, spewing disinformation and misinformation. And this is very authoritarian. How dare you? How dare you say a commission is needed to rein in free speech? Did you train directly under uh, Maduro? Another chimed in, referring to, of course, the socialist leader of uh, Venezuela. Uh, you aren't going to silence us. Not a chance, another one said. I suggest you go read the U.S. Constitution because it's clear you haven't. You are indeed extreme and insane. Uh, another one said, it, it is worth... Uh, taking into account that just months ago, AOC was talking about making extensive lists. This is not a rein in. This is a move towards a strict level of techno censorship and techno fascism. Just by more government control, less billionaire control. Dangerous is what they wrote. And you know, I I, I want to. I, I, I want to really take a look at what we're talking about here. How should we handle it when others have different opinions than, than you and I? Um, you know, there was... Um, I've had several different uh, opportunities to, to talk with different people uh, about, um, you know, about, about my beliefs and my faith. Uh, I, I have had the opportunity uh, one time... Uh, I can recall where there was uh, two missionaries. Uh, they were Mormon missionaries. They came to my house. I'm sure you've probably had a, a time or two, <laughs> an opportunity to have the same opportunity. Uh, and, and these two gentlemen came to my house and they asked if they could speak with me about their religion. And of course, I'm Christian. And, uh, and, I, and they, I, we don't believe you know, really the, the same thing because... When it gets right down to it, they do not believe that, that Jesus Christ uh, is Lord and that He is the the way to salvation, and I do. And uh, and so I very easily could have done what just about everybody else does to them, <laughs> and and said no, shut the door in their face, and had them go away. But uh, I said, you know, I would love to speak with you. And so I, they came in, we sat down, and uh, and we had a really good discussion. Probably I don't know, maybe for an, uh, an hour, maybe a little less. And uh, and I said, hey, w- would you, would you mind? W- could could we could we do this uh, on on a weekly basis? Um, and and if if we could just kind of have a, a discussion about you know how how we're similar, how we're different, uh, and and just really try to dig out some truth here. And they they love that idea, of course. And so uh, for I think at least a couple months, uh, once a week, we would. Uh, sit down and we'd go for about an hour or so we we'd go over and we we'd have our our discussion and and we were having a great time and then uh, at the end of uh, our last session <clears throat> they informed me <laughs> that uh, this was going to be their last time and and I I said why you know because uh, I I thought you were having a great time I'm having a great time uh, discussing things and and learning about it, uh, from each other and and they said yes, we, we, you know we, we've we've loved coming over, but uh, but our elders have said that you're a lost cause, and so so we can't come over anymore. We're we're basically banned from coming over, and and I I say this and I relate this story to you because um because I I am a true believer in free speech and I'm a true believer in in discussion and communication and 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 really open and honest communication is a powerful thing and it's almost always a very good and positive thing 
Uh, and, and when you can sit down and you can have uh, a conversation with people, and, and it can even be in debate form. I mean, it, it doesn't matter as long as, as uh, you know, you're, you're not uh, uh, calling out people personally on things and, and you're really having a positive discussion, then positive things are going to come from that. And when you start to shut things down is when, is when you get uh, to, to having negative things happen. Uh, how, how do we know what truth is? Uh, well, you know, we, we take in information from different sources and we understand its biases. So how do I know if the news is telling me the truth? How do I know if, 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 if uh, you know, this podcast, you know, Uncommon Sense is telling you the truth? You need to take in the information and you take it in from maybe this source and other sources and, and maybe sources that conflict with each other. And, and you don't necessarily have to get the news uh, from one particular source if you can if you can see both sides but understand the biases that everybody has that every single source has if you understand that you're going to really be able to dig in more of what really is the truth here and is there absolute truth and and if so you know how can we know it well of course there's absolute truth um you know it, it is it uh you know if, if i turn on my car let's say then the absolute truth is I turned on my car. I started, the, I turned the key, and I started a chain reaction that started the engine to my car. That is absolute truth. That, that nothing else did it. I was the one that turned the key. So, you know, how do we know what absolute truth is? Well, we do have to, to look at certain things. And uh, like, for instance, in, in order to to know what absolute truth is, I look at the Bible. I use the Bible as what, we, what I call my standard, which means that I believe the Bible is absolutely true. And, you know, can there be different, um, you know, look, ways to interpret it and, th and this type of thing? Of course, but we, we, and we can get into that in another podcast, but, uh, you know, we, we look, we have to look at, at how it's, it, it is in context and, and, and all kinds of different things. We, but, but I do look at the Bible as my standard of absolute truth, um, and so um, you know the the, the 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 Constitution gives us the right to be wrong and to say things that are wrong, and we can believe certain things, and they can be wrong, and it's okay, and we have the right to say those things. Just because I say something that's wrong, or just because I say something that you disagree with, does not mean that you have the right to shut me down. You, the, the right that we have in this country to say what we want to say. Now, I don't have the right to be heard, but I have the right to say what I'm going to say. And the government cannot come in and say, you cannot say that. Now, there are a few time, manner, and place restrictions, obviously, in the legal end of things, but I have the right to say what I want to say. And if what I want to say is, is wrong or factually incorrect, that's okay too. I have the right to be wrong. The First Amendment reads this. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging 
the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people peacefully to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That's the First Amendment. And the First Amendment gives me the right to say what I want to say, whether or not it's right or wrong. It doesn't say that I have the right to say what I want to say, as long as it's right, as long as it's not misleading. It says I have the right to free speech, whatever I want to say. I don't have to agree with you. If you, if, if you say there's systemic racism in this country or, or things like that that I don't agree with, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend your right to say that. You can say that. I'm going to disagree with you, and I have the right to say what I'm going to say, but you have the right to say it. And that is a positive thing. When we start shutting things down, and particularly when we start shutting things down through government control, then we are getting ourselves into a very, very dangerous path. You may agree with me, you may not agree with me. I would love for you to say your, your piece, <laughs> and doing that directly to me is best done through email. Uh, that email is uh, fouruncommonsense at gmail.com. That's four, F-O-R, uncommonsense at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.